epiphany And make a part in about time too About not playing the NDE It was free for all And I heard him say He bought my borderlands But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable A-A-M's Thanks, TJ. Hello, welcome, and remain indoors. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Um, it's crazy out there, people. It's crazy out there. And I've got to say, although having MS doesn't mean that I'm at any greater risk of contracting COVID-19, I'm certainly at greater risk of complications if I do get it, thanks to my rather overzealous immune system and its berserker tactics. I'm practicing social distancing. Uh, fortunately, I've been practicing that for about eight years, so I think I've got a handle on it. It's not a time to be running a B&B right now. We've made the decision that we are going to shut up shop for the next couple of months. And um, it's difficult to believe that we've still got people who don't wish to cancel their bookings. Although, you know, we've had to uh, do that for them. Boggers the mind that people just aren't getting what's going on at the moment you know fortunately we are able to take the hit of being closed for a couple of months which is not obviously it's not not great and it will mean tightening our belts and hoping that business picks up once this is all over but i'm fully aware that you know there are people who are going to really struggle with this and businesses already going under even just after a few days. Also, yes, the community cinema is obviously going to be on hold for some time, although fortunately that is all in place and fully functional. So at least that side of the project was complete before the lockdown. Even spoken to my wife about the possibility of sneaking over there one night, putting on a movie for ourselves on the big screen. I know everyone's fully aware of what's going on. So, uh, yeah. And <laughs> I've kind of made the mistake of keeping a close eye on the media over the last couple of days. And that has done my mental health no favors whatsoever so i'm trying to uh, make the effort to stay away from that and maybe just check in once or twice a day to look at the current state of affairs yeah so it's crazy let's move on shall we i'm uh, not really sure what this episode's going to be about 
I've just basically got a few messages that I want to respond to. And if uh, that leads to anything else, well, so be it. Spencer, Seal Jeff. Just finished listening to your Something Special podcast uh, back on the 10th. And uh, going through it, as you were describing whatever uh, game you want to play and, and the rule set and so forth, uh, there's a rule set out there for you. Um, you're just going to have to find something that is not too uncomfortable to DM. I, I, I seriously doubt any of us are going to find the perfect rule system. At some point, you have to bite the bullet and try it and, and, get, and put yourself out there. Kind of like how Liren was mothering you earlier. Um, one other thing, got third of the way through it, and all of a sudden, after hearing Dave's response, thinking it was getting ready to turn into Borderlands after dark. So, get a little bit crazy. Have a good one. Hey, Evil Jeff. Evil Jeff from Minions and Musings there. And yeah, I hear you. It is a case of me, you know, just having to bite the bullet and put myself out there. But... Yeah, as for things getting a bit crazy, I'm never sure where these things are going to go. <laughs> so uh, I'm not surprised whoever's listening might get worried every now and again. But thanks for your call. Hey, Spencer, it's Liren. No, that absolutely makes sense. The distinction you made about them having a world they want to take them through and not a direct story they want to tell. That's what I meant. So, um... And, and, you know, I, I, I don't know the proper terminology for things. It's sad because I really need to spend more energy to remember. Like, I'll hear somebody mention something and I go, oh, that's what that's called. So, yeah, the difference is in the games that my husband has run that I've played in, he may start with a rule set. He may start with a setting. He may use some of the stuff in the rule set, but if he uses it and the characters don't react in a positive way or the players don't seem to enjoy the mechanics, he does not hesitate to just go, okay, we're not going to use that. And I saw him do that at DuxCon with Blood and Snow. Oh, I'll be back. When the players at that table started the game and engaged in the scenario, they tended to take things in a different direction. I had actually read the the um, supplement Blood and Snow, so I knew what the game does, but the players didn't seem super excited about engaging in that the first couple times they ran into it. And so I was just really, I, I he surprises me so much because he is able to read that and go, okay, well then we're not using that. And he doesn't say it. It was not obvious. If you had not read that supplement, you would never know he was deviating from anything, which I, I think that a lot of that is play style, you know, um, or, or the kind of play one enjoys. So if, uh, uh oh, I'll be back again. So if you're the kind of person who needs structure and needs direct rules and needs to know exactly how things are supposed to be and stick to how they're supposed to be, I think role-playing games can be great for you because there are games that have every single thing written out. And, and if you're the very opposite of that, if you're the kind of person who wants the wide open sandbox kind of thing where it can go anywhere, I think RPGs can work for you because 
that's equally possible as is everything in the middle. So that's one of the great things that I think uh, has gaming so popular. And I think that it's a wonderful way to be creative. It certainly meets that need for me because I need some creative in my world. And I know I've discovered I'm much happier when I have it and RPGs actually meet that need. So I don't think it's about right and wrong. I think it's just about the kind of game you enjoy and, and to some degree, personality uh, type. Hey, Liren. That's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. And it seems forever since I talked about this stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just that so much seems to have gone on in between me making episodes. It just seems like an age has passed since I was talking about this stuff. But going back to your previous message in that episode, where you say that if I don't like a rule, just change it. Now, that may be all well and good for Jeff, but that alludes to his level of confidence and experience in ruling on the fly, which is something that I don't have. And I totally get what you were talking about, story versus world and different play styles. I mean, it's clear that Jeff is quite adept in adapting to what he feels the player's want from the game he's running and uh, you're very fortunate to have someone like that running games for you and as far as letting what other people say influence whether or not you run or play a game you know and I think that that all of it is about like what we're comfortable with and what we're not um, things like confidence level in the game that I'm thinking about running, I'm purposely not reading anything about how anyone else is running it or anything else before I do it the first time. That feels scary on some level. It feels like I need to go and find out from someone else the right way to do it. But the only thing I am reading on purpose is stuff from the creator. And then I'm thinking that after I run it will be the time when I can go and maybe read up on how other people did it or see what suggestions other people had. Because I fear that if I try to dive into all of it at once before I do it, I'll become overwhelmed and I just won't do it. It sounds like you're taking a very sensible approach to this game that you're planning on running. You know, finding something that really speaks to you and then only reading the stuff put out by its creator I mean, my tendency is to try and gather as much information as possible. And you're right, it's so easy to get overwhelmed by all that. And um, I guess it comes down to a a willingness to embrace the unknown there, I think. And uh, I hope that's all going well for you. And if you're listening, Barney, here's a little message for you. Thank you so much, Barney. This is Liren. That was really sweet of you to send me messages through Spencer. (laughs) Um, You know, the, the story behind that is I recorded a quick podcast about playing in Andy Goodman's Cthulhu game, and I used voice to text, and I said, I meant to say a quick podcast, and it said I quit podcast instead, and I think I freaked people out. So um, I'm not quitting podcasting. I am, however, just taking the pressure off myself about doing it. So after doing it every day, I didn't feel pressure about it really at all when I was doing it every day, 
But then life took a turn and I just kind of lost my drive to do that. And instead of doing it out of a sense of uh, obligation, I just decided I'm going to let myself off the hook there. So I haven't quit. I'm just doing it less. And it's definitely true that I sing little tunes in my head, that I do silly little things, and it doesn't matter to me if people notice or not. And it's funny because I notice that I haven't been doing that very much, and I think it's the stress over this stupid new house. So I'm going to really try hard to just let go of some of that and re-engage in life the way that I used to. And if I'm brutally honest, while <laughs> when Spencer said something about playing little games in my head... It is very true that I have a lot of internal monologue and I have a lot of internal thoughts that I don't say out loud. Some of them of a nature of, goodness, aren't you sassy? You just need a spanking. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just realized that I need to pay closer attention to when that inner stuff fades away and I get too caught up in just being stressed out. So thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, that was a message for Barney Dicker of Loco Ludus, who I was very pleased was able to join me on the last episode, rolling up characters for Electric Bastion Land, which, uh, yeah, we really had a lot of fun doing that. But so pleased to hear that you're not thinking of quitting, Liren, because I did wonder where that came from. But obviously, yeah, it was the title of your episode. And I just hope you've been able to reconnect with your inner spanker. I'm so sorry to deluge you with messages, Spencer, but I just realized that I did not address Barney's comment about always a caller, never a host. And you know, it is very true that I am trying to focus on calling in and participating in the community and not pressuring myself about making an episode. So I noticed I made a couple of pretty heavy episodes. I definitely got call-ins and comments. They're very personal and share personal stories in some cases, so I'm not sharing the comments themselves. But um, I'm just trying to be really mindful and thoughtful of what content I put out a podcast about. And I certainly have one brewing and it will be coming. But I love uh, the fact that I can participate in the community and I can remain involved uh, by leaving comments. So uh, I really appreciate when other people do. I love hearing other people's comments on people's podcasts. So anyways, uh, this is the last one, I promise. Hey, you big silly. There's no one I would rather be deluged by. Okay, Liren, don't you forget it. As for podcasting, getting in the way of calling in other shows, that was certainly the case for me for RPG A Day Month. I told myself I probably wouldn't get involved in that again this year, but the fact that I'm actually playing games now, this time round, well, let's just say I haven't come to a definitive decision. But thank you for your calls, Liren. That's uh, really great to hear from you. Because your podcast is now the place to talk to Liren and to talk about musicals, I'm going to say that, just like Barney, I kind of constantly live in a musical as well. Um, so I almost always have my headphones in when I'm walking around. And because of the way my vi I and I sing when I'm listening to music generally, like if it's a song I love, I'll sing along with it. And because of the way my eyes work, or more to the point, don't work, I 
sing right at people's faces without even knowing it sometimes. I'll be walking down the street just singing my face off, and then I won't notice that someone's heading my way until they're right on top of me, and they'll give me a crazy look, and it's just like, yeah, well, I'm living in a musical. I mean, granted, it's either a punk rock or a heavy metal musical, or maybe a rap musical, but it's a musical nonetheless. Great stuff, dude. Peace out. The fabulous Joe Richter there from Hindsightless and the Wheel of Woe podcast. I just like the idea of you, uh, you know, singing your face off into my face. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Joe. Um, that reminds me, I seem to have created something of a bit of confusion over on Rob C's Down in a Heap podcast regarding what constitutes a musical when I mentioned the Elton John film Rocket Man, no, I wouldn't ordinarily include a biopic in that category simply because it was about a band or an artist. But Rocket Man is a biopic that happens to be a musical as well. So it's not just, you know, performing songs to an audience. There are musical numbers. The drama is conveyed through the use of the songs. The songs are very much telling the story. There are dance routines with uh, people running around, jumping about. So it is definitely a musical and a pretty damn good one too. I know the Oscars are of little relevance in the grand scheme of things, but it still irks me that Bohemian Rhapsody got so much attention and Rocketman didn't seem to get a look in and it's a far superior film, regardless of which artist you might prefer. Harry Potter, low fantasy. Hmm. So, would Narnia, the actual, you know, once you go through and you're in Narnia... Is Narnia high fantasy? I wonder. I don't know. I I see what you're saying. I think those definitions are different in role play. In well, no, I can see what you're saying there. Definitely, maybe the distinction between high low magic and high low fantasy is can blur, and and I can see where high magic may not be high fantasy. But if we're conflating the two, I I, I think my definitions stand. If you want to separate out and to have different levers for, you know, magic and fantasy and grittiness and swashbuckling and all that, then yeah, I think we can make a distinction. So I'm not totally disagreeing with you, but I wonder if it needs to be ground that fine. Hey, Jason. Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. Jason is referencing a message that I left on Barney's episode. I think it's entitled More Swashbuckling, where we were discussing high-low fantasy, high-low magic, high adventure, heroics, romanticism, grittiness, uh, and uh, lethality. And, you know, what, what are we talking about when we talk about high and low fantasy, essentially? I was simply attempting to shed a bit of light on the subject by looking at how fantasy is categorized in different media. But I guess instead of shedding light on it, I just muddied the waters. 
I mean, that literary definition being that, um, you know, Harry Potter would be a magical realm within a real world. So, yeah, I guess that goes for Narnia too. Uh, but then what about Middle Earth? Isn't that supposed to be an imagined magical history to this world? And I guess the same goes for Conan. Or maybe it's that the protagonist should be from the real world, like John Carter or Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon or uh, Dorothy, or those kids from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. All starts getting very confusing. It doesn't seem like much of a distinction at all, really. I'd struggle with the idea of Harry Potter being low fantasy. But then I listened to Ray Otis on Plunderground explain why he thought Harry Potter was low fantasy. And I found myself agreeing with him. And then when he played the call from Joe Richter in the next episode, explaining why Harry Potter wasn't low fantasy by Ray's own explanation, by his own definition, then, (laughs) yeah, that flipped me back the other way again. So I guess I'm probably not the guy to be listening to, but thank you very much, Jason. It's going to be one of those things that um, you could debate about it forever. And, well, why not? not saying that's a bad thing. These things are interesting to talk about. But thanks for your call. Hey, Spencer, it's Joe. And I thought the Bastion Social was a super, really, really fun episode, man. I really enjoyed listening to you and Barney make characters and then how the character creation, how that affected the world and the stuff you guys came up with, the hog riding vegetarians, man, voice of the hog. Dude, that that shit was awesome, man. That was super fun. I hope there's more of that. That was a blast. And I am with you. I am pro-travel. Travel is only boring if the GM makes it boring. Like, you can make travel part of the story, which Barney said. Like, he absolutely said that, and I think it's important. So, anyway, man, great stuff, super fantastic, and I will talk to you later. Peace out. Hey, Joe. Um, I've got to say, I really, really enjoyed being able to just chat to Barney and the fact we were chatting about electric bastion land and rolling up a couple of characters that was just a bonus i do love being able to bounce ideas off of people and uh, barney is perfect for that because he's always adding something interesting into the mix really wonderful and what's interesting is how much of a world was born out of that process of just creating characters chris does point that out whether I've read that in Electric Bastion Land or just from his Bastion Land blog, it does highlight that all those character classes, 100 plus, all have elements that bring something to the world and really help to flesh out the setting. And that as a GM, don't overlook that because it is a great resource. 
full of so many great little nuggets. I can really see that, you know, as a GM who wants to figure something out about the world or create an adventure, all you really have to do is roll up a character, roll up an antagonist. Potentially, the adventure could write itself from there. That's certainly how it seems. In fact, when you roll up a party, the GM creates a competing group who are also chasing the same objective as the players, which obviously really helps to spice things up. And creating a character as well, despite me and Barney taking the best part of an hour to do it, it really just does take moments. Thanks again for that call, Joe. So, I enjoyed the character creation for Electric Bastionland. I think the world sounds very, very cool. Um, after all this current mess is over, maybe I'll spring the funds to buy a copy and be able to play it. But for right now, that's not realistic. But I really enjoyed your character creation episode with Barney. Thank you for putting it out. Thank you for that, Jason. And um, it occurred to me that Barney actually mentioned the Magical Mystery Tour before we even got onto the subject of uh, dead vegetarian conspiracies. Yeah, so uh, Beatles encroaching on Bastion land there. Yeah, very strange. And you don't have to spring any funds on Electric Bastion land. There is a free preview available on Drive-Thru RPG, which I believe has all the uh, base rules in it. It doesn't have all the character classes. I mean, it's got a handful of classes in there, but it does have enough in there that would allow you to play the game. But I'm, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the episode. So that's about it for now, I think. Um, Thank you very much for those calls. If you want to leave me a message, please click on the anchor link in the episode description. There's also a link to my email address, spencer.freefall at gmail.com and a link to TJ Drennan's Patreon where uh, you can find loads of great little pieces of music And I just want to say, keep safe. If you are going to the store, please consider when you're buying stuff, what other folks might need. If there's anyone you know who might struggle to get to the shops, why not swing by their place? You can always just drop something on the doorstep. And and yeah, well, that's my public service announcement over. Uh, It just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ.
Tell me what you're going to do. You're going to go out, get a walk with doggies. It's springtime about. It's Golly Monson. Golly Monson. Golly and you and Frenchie. You are talking... Nonsense! <laughs> 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 Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor. <laughs>